The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com slash arttrap. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch now in the iTunes App Store. Live from the Oval Office, this is Doctor Who Podshock. Doctor Who Podshock. Okay, well, let's do it now. I, you know, whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program, with Louis Trapani, Ken Deep, hello, James Norton, hello, news, fabulous, reviews, and fan mail for James, Uh, 40,000, Doctor Who Podshock, from the Gallifreyan Embassy, you know, that guy James was really cool. Oh, yeah, we blew that. I'm the Doctor, and who are you? Who are you? The Gallifreyan Embassy, in its 26th year, presents Doctor Who Podshock, episode 242. My name is Ken Deep, alongside Mr. Louis Trapani. Hello, my name is Louis Trapani. And across the great pond, the father-to-be, Mr. James Norton. Hello, my name is James Norton. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... And congratulations, are, James. A bit of a hiatus. Yeah, it it's been for the a while. three of us anyway. Uh, other other episodes have come out. We've been live on stage in Los Angeles and and dead understage in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but uh, once again, congratulations to James. He's, since um, while we were on stage in Los Angeles, he was on stage in well, it wasn't York, was it? I don't know where you. Derbyshire, yes. Mm, Thank you ever so much, mate. Very kind of you to say. I I really, it it did, I must admit, it did bring a a, a smile to my face uh, when I was, uh, when I was listening to the the live show recently, um, when you gave me a shout out on the main stage. It was uh, a lot of fun. Lydia was listening too, and she, uh, she got a bit of a kick out of it as well. (laughs) I think she even squeed. uh, (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Well, this year was quite a presentation with the Los Angeles show and it was um, a a year in the making to get that one done and with 11 months till Gallifrey 23 we're already working on next year so Mm, lots to plan there is there is the hardest part is geez how are we going to top that I know we had some suggestions about resurrecting William Hartnell (laughs) oh boy Uh, maybe a seance we can do that well I have to I have to tell you (laughs) <laughs> Last week when the guests, the first wave of guests were announced for Gallifrey, uh, it's not an exaggeration I was to say I was at work and I fell out of my chair because I kind of pushed off the console. I was t- typing in the computer, hit refresh, up comes the guests, and this name pops out and I slide the chair back. And the way the wheels were positioned, the chair just <laughs> tipped right over uh, when I saw William Russell on the guest list. The chair went dunk right over. 
<laughs> and <laughs> so we were like, you all right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> William Russell's going to be there. Yeah, William Russell. <laughs> Network 23. Mm. Yes, it's a fantastic guest list, and that's only the first wave. The second wave is getting prepared as we speak, and I, I, I was given a few hints to it. And, and just the, the, it's the amazement that you will feel when the next wave comes, it's just going to go on and on. It's just the best feeling when they announce mm. the guests. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thrilled that uh, Paul McGann is going to be there because I've, I've never met him. And, oh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, he's fantastic as well. I know. Uh, I had my first chance to meet him just over a year ago, and, and he's just, he's awesome. So it's going to be a great Gallifrey. It was already a great Gallifrey. 23 is going to be even bigger and better and... Okay, sorry, I'm. <sighs> Calm down. It's a, it's a year away. It's a year away. Almost, not quite. I mean, I can't believe it's been a month since over a month since Galley. It's crazy. It's about six since weeks. 22. Yeah. Insane. And the and the word around the campfire is that Chicago TARDIS is announcing their first block of guests. Knowing the way things work for us, it probably exactly as this podcast goes out, so that <laughs> we missed saying anything. Or, or mere nanoseconds after we've hit the uh, hit the end button on the recording. There you go. Job oh, of done. course, that's just yeah. the way things work. But to well, say that there's a ton of Doctor Who news right now is an exaggeration. We have not one but two, or maybe even three new trailers released at this point, depending on... Speaking of conventions, though, there's WonderCon that's going on right now, which BBC America is actually attending. Really? Yeah, they're bringing some tapes there. So, and Neil Gaiman's there, and uh, um, I I think think any attendees there are going to get a treat. Oh... You might see a bit of a preview. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's... um, well, Devin is on his way there, and he's bringing some, some tapes, um, which he's guarding with his life. I thought you said Duggan for a minute then. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, who uh, works um, for BBC America. Sure. Who you can see a, a clip of during the last confidential of last year, the one for Big Bang, or it was one of the last ones where they were doing the U.S. tour. Yeah. And uh, And you can see him side by side with Matt Smith and a, and a bunch of those things awesome. good people very good people wonderful chaps all of them splendid the outside of the convention there's banners hanging I mean on the street like on sign on um, lamp posts street street lamps and there's Doctor Who banners there so in addition to their you know BBC America banners they with the, they have the TARDIS there and it looks really nice so that's in addition to the ad campaign that they just rolled out in Manhattan with the street with the New York City buses the side mm. panels on buses yeah they but did that last year as well yes it's great it's great that yes there's being some money there's some money being poured into this yeah publicizing it as much as possible and what's even greater which I've rallied round for ages and I really hope that the Beeb would sort it yes. out and is that it's being shown on the same day mm-hmm. in day the and States absolutely. And, and in, Canada. in the UK and in Canada yeah, and on I, the I, Space I don't know Channel. about New Zealand and, uh, and Australia, Australia. etc mm. but that is a huge achievement and I huge, think that's it, fantastic for the Beeb to do it's it. It's the first step into a larger world. Yes, yes it is. Yeah, I know. Or a smaller world actually. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a global village. 
I know Absolutely. New Zealand's been waiting a while for the Christmas Carol. I don't know if they ever finally got it. I, as of um, January 25th, they still hadn't gotten it yet. So. Well, nothing says summer better than a Christmas Carol. <laughs> but it's the kind of episode, though, that even though it is immensely Christmassy, I, I rewatched it uh, recently. I was just I was bored and uh, was looking around on my generic. Uh, digital hard drive storage device hooked up to my television and um i I rewatched it and i loved every moment of it and it was like watching it again for the first time it didn't matter that it was christmassy so you know i think uh down under they're really going to appreciate it no matter when they get it now isn't it winter when it's summer here is that how it works yeah Yeah. the the southern hemisphere gets mm -hmm. It's the other way around, isn't it? So this it? Yeah. could work then. This whole Christmas thing, and well, the, the weather would work. The holiday, they still they don't move the holiday to match <laughs> winter. <laughs> it's like um, I was once asked, um, "Do you guys have the Fourth of July in England?" When I was in America once. <laughs> no, we <laughs> rip it off the good. calendar. We, uh, skip no, we, just, we just go straight from the third to the fifth. We, you know, <laughs> we we leave we leave the fourth right out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> We we have our Fourth of July at a different time. <laughs> well, I used to call it Independence Day, but since that movie came out, I now I'm back to calling it to the Fourth of July. Tarnished it, <laughs> yes. tarnished it for you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. Move along. <laughs> okay, bye, bye, so let's bye. let's talk about the the trailer. Why don't we talk about the trailers, <laughs> which have been breathtaking, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, River Song is there in the trailer. I mean, we've been seeing photos of her since her appearance when they were shooting out in the desert here in the States. So we knew that Alex Kingston would be back. She said it as well in Craig Ferguson. So there was no shocker there, but of course to see her in action is always fantastic and yeah. and doing her bit. And in more and in more than one episode as well. It looks like she's going to be from, in at least three. Yeah. Mm. And, the rumor is that she's in episodes one, two, and seven currently, but that remains to be seen. And seven is the f- half season finale. Yes, so the big sort of no. cliffhanger, as it were. Mm. And in um, we see the pirate captain in one of the clips on the, the second trailer that came out, which um, we see Hugh Bonneville with the beard and the whole bit, you know, arg, arg. <laughs> <laughs> Piratey. Yeah, very piratey. And the the rumor has it that, um, oh, I'm, I can't remember the name of the guy now, but he's playing like the most successful um, pirate in history, right? Um, Captain, oh, his last name begins with an H. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot myself and it's going to, it's going to come to me. All right, well, um, while you're thinking about that, let's, this is the, the BBC trailer. There's two trailers. There's BBC America has its own trailer and this is the BBC trailer. Yes, and and strangely enough, um, we're talking a little bit about this off air. The, the American um, trailers seem to be rather sort of more monster heavy, as it were. Yes. Yeah. What are they trying to say about us? <laughs> I mean, I I have no idea. Well, let's um, dumb it down a little for the for the colonies. <laughs> but it, it appears as though um, that there is a few monsters that appear in the American ones that do not appear on the British ones online. Although they have actually appeared, I think, on screen um, when they've actually shown the trailers live uh, on the on the BBC, um, they've actually shown the same sorts of monsters. Um, 
and the rumor has it that they are called the silence, right? Mm, yeah. So talking about the silence falling, well, silence will fall. It's an interesting parallel, whether that has anything to do with who got inside the Doctor's TARDIS and caused the universe to go bye-bye. You know, who, who knows? It's, it's, they're it just about, teasing us at every turn. About two weeks ago that we found out that the title of the first two episodes, the two-parter, is The Impossible Astronaut and Day of the Moon. Yes. Um, Impossible Astronaut originally called Look Behind You. Well, at least that was what... Stephen Moffat had joked, which I think would have been, I mean, it doesn't fit Doctor Who, but how great a title is Look Behind You. <laughs> I think it would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the episode titles in themselves, um, I think, are very... The BBC, they're such a tease, aren't they? they oh, the whole guys and the writers over there. Because there's, there's one episode called The Doctor's Wife. That's the um, Damon episode, yeah. Yeah, so... Which is totally one of those things like The Doctor's Daughter where it will not be what we think it is and it's exactly. not the song and it's, you know... But that's, that's but it's sort of whetting your appetite as to, mm. you know, is is this real? Is this is this the case, you know? Because everybody gets all freaked out, like, oh, The Doctor's Wife, oh, no, that's... And it's like... Breathe... <laughs> Breathe. Have a Washington yeah. apple. Breathe out. <laughs> Not one of Josh's, I hope. Then, then, then you will be. You'll be on your ass on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, James just put the parental warning sticker on the uh, the episode for today. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> so there's been a prequel episode <laughs> as well that accompanies these trailers that was available online, where we see, of all things, Richard Nixon. Yes, um, for the first time. Appearing. Well, it takes place in 1969, supposedly, so it would make sense. Yeah, yeah, uh, a very <clears throat> spooky prequel. No, they're not really prequels. They're calling them prequels, but you can't really call it a prequel if it's coming out before the, the actual episode. Then it's yeah, it's it's, it's more of a Tardisode, isn't it? Then well, they're very similar to Tardisodes. The way they mm. back in 2006 when we had Tardisodes, it's very it's similar concept, similar Lewis. idea. There'll be prequels once the episode comes out. But no, they're not, because that's that's just like saying, well, you know, um, Star Wars A New Hope is a prequel to The Empire Strikes Back. It's, it's not. It's... It's a quell. It's just a quell. That's what I tweeted out. It's just not. It's not a prequel. It's not a sequel. It's just a quell. It's a, it's a quell. Well, if anything, it's a, it's a it's a prologue. A yeah, a prologue is a good is a good thing to a good way to describe it. Yeah, absolutely. But they're calling them sequel, uh, pre prequel. So, so be it. <laughs> Not losing sleep over it. <laughs> no, it, it is a but, curious thing to call but, it. But, but I mean, it's why it's are nice. they teasing us so much? I mean, they had a teaser for the prequel, and the prequel itself is essentially a teaser for the episode. So, I mean, and I, we've had the trailers and, and the trailers. Why are you complaining about it? Well, we just show the prequel. You don't. You don't need. The, did you see the teaser? It was just like just the phone rings. <laughs> that was the. <laughs> that was the teaser to the prequel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Beeb are very good at this. They whet your appetite. And um, I, I remember being slightly disappointed because the the phone ring or whatever was, I think, was about 
20 seconds long or something yeah. the whole thing yeah. from start to finish and the BBC put out oh 20 second you know preview of the new series and I'm like oh I wonder what they've <laughs> they released and I was I was quite glad that then a week later they they've released these series of fantastic trailers which in in usual uh form the um the lovely people out there on the internet have gone through frame by frame and and, I'm, you know, it's um, funny. I'm looking at that right now. I, 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 yeah. I had it saved, and I'm just shuffling through it to to refresh my memory. I, IO9 has a particularly good one um, and, I mean, because everything now is in HD. The screen yes. caps are as good as any publicity still that you would have normally easily, easily yeah, normally yeah. would have seen in the past in a magazine or something. Yeah, and it, it's it's really interesting to go through and 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 see what people have sort of surmised from uh, the various different bits and bobs it, it just in the stills um, see I don't I don't uh, run away from spoilers but I don't need to getting into analyzing stuff frame by frame I'm really more like oh wow that monster looks cool oh look at the doctor he's standing on a whatever you know, yes like those yeah are, are fun with me but me the whole too. thing is this one is from episode three it's like oh, yeah okay it I'll could wait. be it might not be you know yeah, yeah I don't bother dissecting it, it. yeah I mean, because it, it kind of just spoils it in a sense, you know, you just want to be surprised. Well, it's spoilers. Lewis. Well, exactly. yes. So if people do want to go out there and see this sort of detailed analysis, you can go to io9.com um, and they have a, a really fantastic set, both of the uh, current BBC One trailer and of the one way back when that was released um just after the Christmas, yeah, episode. right. So the Christmas, um, and it's really interesting compare looking at those side by side, um, and I have to say, it just all looks stunning, and it all looks. This is only from the. It looks like it's only from anyway the, the first half of. Um, the new series with them splitting well, it yeah, into two and so on. Well, usually even when they had the whole series in, you know, complete, they only, the yeah, trailers they only, only you encompassed like the first finished, like five or six episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Because they haven't finished special effects and, you know, at the time they mm-hmm. hadn't finished filming everything and, you know, so it, it made sense for them to do that. But it's pretty late on in the game and they haven't really stopped filming um, since July or even beforehand because... Matt's been just so busy with all sorts of different projects and he's been it hardly seems like well for me anyway I mean I don't watch a great deal of television but whenever you turn on the telly Matt Smith is there in some drama or some way shape or form they're they're repeating Doctor Who Uh, they had a fantastic sort of uh, film uh, based on Christopher Isherwood Mm-hmm. called Christopher and His Kind, which Matt starred as the lead role, which was brilliant. Um, the man is such a talented guy, and it's great to see him on telly so much. So, you know, really, they've they've just hit the floor running with this and not stopped filming since the Christmas special. Even well, I'm also that. glad that he's able to do other work outside of the Doctor, you know, playing the Doctor. Yes, so exactly. It's good that, you know, he's able to stretch his legs in a sense, sort of what David Tennant was doing, too, while he was in the role. Hmm. But from the trailers, I have to say that um, obviously it's exciting that it's it's going to be back. But I'm I'm really quite excited about what looks like it's going to be Mark Gatiss's episode um, with the scary dolls, the sort of mm. the what are little boys made of? Yeah, ish. 
We don't know that. Well, we don't know for sh- for sure, but it, it certainly looks looks that way. I mean, outside of the first two episodes, the the pirate episode with um, Arr. Arr, playing Captain Henry Avery, the name came came back to me. Who's supposed to be one of the most successful pirates in history, um, and actually his treasure was a big part of um, the smugglers with the William Hartnell story. Oh, nice. Uh, so it's I don't know if they'll put a reference to that if it is indeed Captain Avery, but that's that's the the rumors circulating out there on the net. But that and the, the sort of creepy the creepy dolls from Mark Gatiss's episode, I think are are quite exciting because Mark previously has obviously done all of the sort of historical mm, uh, yeah. episodes with with Dickens and and Churchill and and, and also and, always done the a little bit lighter. You know, lighthearted uh, yes. types of stories, and this is definitely scary. <laughs> it looks like so it. It, far, certainly it looks yeah. it looks a lot darker um, than than anything we've previously seen from Mark, and, and, I, and that's why I'm see so how he tackles that. Yeah, um, but he it's, he's not he's no stranger to it at all because he's he's written um, things like the League of Gentlemen, which was a really big. Uh, black comedy series over here in the UK which which ran for years and years and years um, and and that was superb and really quite scary and dark in itself and and very very black um, and gone on to help with things like a, a program called Psychoville but they've all been really sort of adult type dramas or comedy series so it's going to be quite difficult uh, different to see how how he handles things you know but it's exciting. I think you can go through frame by frame, and there's something interesting and new to look at, which you just. I'm really more so than ever any other series of Doctor Who. I'm I'm really excited about this one. There's so much to whet the appetite, more so than ever before. I think. Well, I think part of that is because the last series never, you know, it it didn't fully conclude. So it, the last series ended in a somewhat of a exactly. cliffhanger for this series. So there's a lot of, you know, answers to be answered and that that are coming up in this, in this yeah. season. Series. And with the, with the trailer, with um, with Rivers sort of narration, I had sort of goosebumps when I when it first came on telly and I saw it, um, just because I knew I knew what was coming. Um, it's great to see that River's going to be back and we'll hopefully have a lot of questions answered to the previous series. So I'm I'm thrilled about it and I can't wait. What did you guys most enjoy about the trailer? Or trailers? Well, the, I didn't, there's a really bad copy of the, the BBC America one on our... When I say bad copy, it's off a television set that uh, Graham was able to uh, source out and, and post it on our site. So... Um, it's hard to judge the BBC America one, you know, without seeing it. And I don't know why they haven't. BBC America has a um, a YouTube channel, and they also have their website. But to uh, my knowledge, they haven't posted it there yet. Could be some sort of licensing agreement with the Beeb. Um, maybe they don't want to sort of upstage um, the BBC's trailer, given that the the YouTube channel would presumably be. F- be available to everybody throughout well, the world. I, I think maybe it's just a matter of time. I think it, it will probably eventually get there. It's. I'm surprised that the BBC America one wasn't um, restricted to the UK. So, 
currently you you, yeah. you should just make a note that you currently you can see the prequel and the trailers as as well as the the red nose episodes that we'll get to in a second on our website potshock.net they're all available there so yeah i enjoyed the trailer i thought the trailer was uh the, i'm talking about the the bbc one chiefly was uh is was excellent mm. you know after the bit you know the, the, they were hyping up this iconic image reveal which just <laughs> was a bit of a letdown so um i was good to, it was good to see the trailer hey a post-production note here just minutes after we finished recording this episode of Doctor Who, Pachak, we got word from BBC America that they had released the trailer on their YouTube channel. So, so the trailer is now available there, as well as these Doctor Who Insider episodes. They released two of those, too, since we recorded this episode. You can find them all on our website, pachak.net or gallifreynembassy.org. And now we return from the future, which is your past, which is my present, to even further back in the past. So what did you think of the Red Nose specials? Now, we should, um, for those that aren't longtime listeners to Dr. Yupanchak, should remind people that the Red Nose specials were our charity raising, um, you know, it's for the Red Nose Day. They, it's, it's, it's there to raise money for... Um, comic relief. Comic relief. Yeah. They, um, who, they help... Uh, they go out to Africa and also um, work in the UK and do some marvellous work trying to combat disease in Africa. And uh, they give out malaria nets and uh, test for malaria in Africa. And they raised every year on year, they raise a, a record amount of money. Um, but it's particularly nice because... You know, with the recession at the moment and the way the economy is, it's it's great to see that people seem to be giving more than they ever have before, which is is superb. And Doctor Who has always had a a big role to play in that. So I thought I thought it was interesting and nice that they did some, even though they were only short and sweet. And uh, I they, I always wondered what it would be like to materialise a TARDIS with inside another TARDIS outside of Logopolis. Um, Outside of Logopolis, exactly. Yeah, but it, but in terms of just what would happen if if there was a malfunction, of, you know, that the, the doctor did it by accident or whatever. What, what uh, I like about Stephen Moffat is that he enjoys playing with time, you know, more so than what you know, because here we have a a series about time travel, but there, you know, there are very few episodes that really go into the the ins and outs uh, or what yeah, can be done to time travel. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, with like with Blink, obviously, I mean, it was all about time, and and this was as well, you know, where they're, they're except for they're not spanning great lengths of time; it's all within a few minutes. But exactly. I think it worked very well, and they had humor. It was you know, it was lighthearted, and it was fun, you know, very much fun. Yeah, and they didn't have you know, it's just the set, so it's just pretty straightforward. It's all stuff that it had a little touch of uh, inside the spaceship, like that, you know, we just yeah. just a little drama inside or comedy slash drama inside the TARDIS. So there are two episodes. One is called Time, and one is called Space. Uh, but they one is really part one, and the other one is part two. They tell the, yeah. the, the, the complete story, and they're just a few minutes each. So um, yeah, but it was it was a nice thing to see. Um, see Doctor Who back on the screens because uh, I do tend to get a little bit uh, you need your time of Doctor Who don't you when it's the run up of to the new series and I get a little bit stir crazy because uh, 
it really is just the best thing on television. So, the, the, and thankfully, those are available um, YouTube, you know, via YouTube, and they're not restricted to the UK. Yes. And at the end, thing. they say you could buy them on iTunes. Though at the time, this is going back when uh, when it was still new. I checked, and it wasn't available in the U.S. iTunes store to purchase. So I don't know if that's changed since they originally, you know, went out or not. But um, I think it was only available, perhaps, in the U.K iTunes store to purchase. I mean, it's, I it's all so. to raise money for Comic Relief, too. So when I say purchase, yeah. it's really making a donation. I think it might have been for, for tax reasons or, or just in terms of raising the money. Um, it probably will have had to have been from, from UK accounts, which is maybe why it was only available in the, in the UK iTunes store. Mm. But it's nice, as you say, that they're out on, available on YouTube. Um, I think... Uh, you know, even if people had seen it, I'm sure there were a lot of people like myself who went out there and bought them anyway, just because it's for such a good cause. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that covers the uh, most of the the video news. Maybe I don't know now. When what's the the schedule for the prequels? Is it going to be weekly? I've no idea. I haven't. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard anything other than you know that they're releasing them periodically, as far as I could tell. It didn't seem like they were sticking, uh, sticking to any sort of strict deadline or schedule, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine they are, are for the first story. I can't imagine there's any prequels elsewhere. Uh, no. Unless they're planning on showing a prequel during the week, you know, between the episodes. Well, that's what I'm guessing is that maybe they might do that, you know, sort of like what they did with the Tardisodes to kind of yeah, promote the next right. episodes. That's what I was interpreting with this, or, or whether whether they were just doing the prequel just for... So, so we're not seeing something else, you think, before Impossible Astronaut? I don't That's know. the big question mark. <laughs> I, 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 I can't imagine so. Maybe mm. they'll just rerun the prequel and try to get more exposure. Well, in, unless it's another prequel to it, you know, that, that like tells another bit of the story, perhaps. I don't know. A prequel of a prequel of a prequel. <laughs> <laughs> Well, episode one, episode two, episode three. <laughs> Star Wars all over again. <laughs> no! Well, the yeah. word around the campfire is that David Tennant and Georgia Moffat have had their baby, and it's a bouncing baby girl they've named Olive. Is it Olive? I thought it was Olivia. Oh, is, is it, it really? I don't know. Is it? I, I might be wrong. I, might I, I think I heard, been, I, I think I I heard, heard Olivia. I heard two reports, and I did hear Olivia as well, and I'm like, Okay, I would see Olivia more than I'd see Olive, but okay, I'll believe you if you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm just because uh... the, the the mail online had one thing, and I think probably what it is is that somebody's you know they've they've had some paparazzi near the hospital or or heard something from one of their friends or what have you, and somebody's misheard it and just has printed Olive somewhere and Olivia somewhere else, and you know. But nevertheless, what's in a name that I'm sure I'm sure everybody's thrilled that uh, that they're having a baby and uh, that the delivery went smoothly and all the rest of it. And um, I'm sure everybody's overjoyed for David and Georgia. They overheard them saying, I love Olivia. And they thought, Olive. (laughs) (laughs) The the baby being a girl, um, I guess, might throw a wrench into the whole this will be the 15th doctor (laughs) (laughs) you never know you never know know. john nathan turner said oh we could be casting a woman in the part of the doctor and 
And that was 25 <laughs> years ago. Quite. The, the doctor's daughter, daughter. Yeah. It's going it's to happen sometime if Doctor Who's... Or she could if, play Susan. She could play <laughs> Susan. <laughs> a really regenerated Susan. Wobbly, wimey <laughs> Or the Ranning. Or, uh... <laughs> she was just born and we were already casting her. <laughs> well, you know, hey, come you on. You got to start early. Funny, <laughs> you never know. She might not even want to become an actress. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe she'll be the, a producer for Doctor Who. Maybe. Or the next. maybe she'll be an attorney. <laughs> 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 well, we're just happy that they're happy and we have a, a healthy baby girl and and all is right and with the world yeah baby girl I, land yeah yeah I, I think she's going to be announced to be appearing at Gallifrey next year yeah. oh, oh yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> very special guest all the way that would be fantastic I mean that's, I'm sure there's a ton of people that would love to meet her. Already. Yeah. Oh. Did you did you put your little handprints on this? <laughs> what Since an autograph! Can't sign yet. Well, being you mentioned it, should I just quickly run down the full list of announcement number one, wave number one? Sure. Why not? Why not? Twenty three. Paul McGann, the Eighth Doctor. Uh, Louise Jameson, William Russell, Mary Tam, Richard Franklin, E.G. So. Jake McGann, who's Paul McGann's son and played the earthly child. Phil Ford, Gary Russell, Tony Lee, and Jason Hale are the first wave of guests that have been announced. And um, there are still, there's a second wave still to come. So catch the wave very soon. Yay! And that takes place February 17th, 18th, and 19th, 2012 at the Los Angeles Airport Marriott in Los Angeles, California. This year, tickets are already on sale. Uh, it's going to be dedicated to the memory of Nicholas Courtney, who passed away only days after uh, Gallifrey 22 took place. And uh, one other quick uh, announcement, if I may, is the Gallifrey Embassy, our local Long Island group, is doing a video meetup on Sunday, May 1st at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. It's free to attend, and it's at Eleanor Rigby's in Mineola. It's the same place we had our 25th anniversary event back in November. So um, there should be decent, should be some details heading the heading towards the website very soon. But it's basically going to be a, a classic episode and perhaps a new episode or two or three, depending on what we have time for, and maybe a uh, few other interesting things like i said it's free to attend and there's they serve uh food di- dinner or lunch or um adult beverages as well and it's open to all ages even olivia can attend or she, olive. she certainly can she will not be allowed to drink but um um she's allowed to attend yes and if her mom and dad want to come they're more than welcome as well or their grandfather <laughs> Quite a guest list already. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I didn't say they were going to be there. I said that that that. Uh, uh, I know, I know what you mean, Ken. You're just being I'm just coy. Saying. You're just being coy. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, Jen says that everything that we have in the. Oh, uh, one other thing I wanted to point out: a quick Torchwood news. Um, uh, the just got this uh, pinged to me just now that Murray Gold will be doing the music. Well, yes. Uh, the new Torchwood series, uh, New Earth, Miracle Day, etc., etc. Et 
cetera, and et cetera. it's the first sure. time that he's been exclusively involved in the music isn't it because he's all as far as i'm aware i mean i, I could be wrong but as, as far as i was aware he he always did it with somebody else for the previous series he's always done it with somebody else exactly as opposed to doing it all by himself all by myself. Oh, good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the part where we hopefully Lewis has edited in. Okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> I think I think that's a good point to uh, to leave and then come back. <laughs> okay, and we'll be right back on Doctor Who Podcast. This is Peter Davison, and you're listening to the Doctor Who Podshock. Hey, are you listening to audiobooks from Audible yet? Hey, this is what you do. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash arttrap, or go to our website, podshock.net, and you can click on one of the links there for the special offer from Audible. When you get to the site, you'll see a link on the top of the page that says Browse Audio. Now, you click that link. The next page that comes up will be their catalog of audiobooks. You can browse through their selection here. They have a large selection of audiobooks to offer. They have over 75,000 titles to choose from. And now, if you look on the left sidebar here, you'll see categories. There's business, classics, fiction, history, kids... Mysteries and thrillers, romance, science and technology, sci-fi and fantasy, self-development, teens, and they also have other categories as well to choose from. Now, if you were to click on the sci-fi and fantasy link, which we're going to do right now, it's going to bring you to, you guessed it, their selection of sci-fi and fantasy titles. Now, there are subcategories within this, and one of those subcategories is Doctor Who. Yes, they have 173 titles of Doctor Who selections for your listening pleasure. That's 173. You want to know how many Star Wars titles there are? 128. There are more Doctor Who titles than Star Wars titles. How about Star Trek? You want to know how many Star Trek titles there are? 81. There's 173 Doctor Who titles at Audible. Audible rocks Doctor Who. Now, as I said, they have over 75,000 titles to choose from in all different genres. Audible is the leading provider of digital audiobooks, and their content is compatible with iPads, iPods, iPhones, MP3 players, well, over 500 devices for listening anytime, anywhere. And for you, listeners of Doctor Who Pachak, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial so you have a chance to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, simply go to audiblepodcast.com slash arttrap. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash arttrap, A-R-T-T-R-A-P, for your free audiobook. Once you get there, you can browse their selection. Like I said, they have... Well, they have 173 Doctor Who titles there, in the Doctor Who category, that is. But they have so much more in sci-fi and fantasy and, well, in and, and all their other categories. So you may not want a Doctor Who title. I can't imagine why you wouldn't, but maybe you have them all. <laughs> Check out what they have to offer and get your free audiobook. 
Again, to download your free audiobook, simply go to audiblepodcast.com slash arttrap. And if that URL is too long for you, just go to our website, podshock.net, and click on the links there for this special offer. If you love listening to podcasts, you'll love listening to audiobooks as well. Check them out at audiblepodcast.com slash arttrap. again. I did say I wanted to stay with the crew for a while. You can stop trying to get me back to Heathrow. I have. You certainly know how to fly this crate, don't you? What's the matter, old girl? Why this compulsion for planet Earth? What is this place? A railway station. Ah, but when? Three o'clock, June the 11th, 1925. I haven't been born yet. It's interesting, isn't it? And no jet lag. Shall we go outside? You think that wise, considering what we've just done to London? Oh, that would have happened if we'd been there or not. All part of Earth's history. I hope you're right. Well, I'd like to take a look. Come on. So what is a railway station? Well, a place where one embarks and disembarks from compartments on wheels drawn along these rails by a steam engine. Rarely on time. What a very silly activity. You think so? As a boy, I always wanted to drive one. Good afternoon, sir. I'm Tanner, Lord Cranley's chauffeur. Lord Cranley? Yes, sir. We're expected? Oh, yes, sir. You are the doctor. Indeed. May I ask what you're staring at? Oh, I'm sorry, miss. Uh, please, sir, if you don't mind, uh, the game's already started. His Lordship won the toss and decided to bat first to give you time to get here. That train's always late. <laughs> That's very thoughtful of His Lordship. Uh, yes, sir. But I do think we should hurry. His Lordship is a first-class bat, but I'm not quite sure how strong his support is this year. Come on, you lot. And we're back with Dr. Hupachok, and we're now going to do a review, which we originally intended on doing back in January, but best laid plans of Mice and Time Lords didn't allow it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a review. It's a uh, Fifth Doctor episode, Black Orchid, which is um, a two-parter episode. It's written by Terence Dudley and directed by Ron Jones. It's a pure historical drama set in 1925. And um, it's uh, actually during that run of episodes, it was a nice refreshing change, you know, just as far as it being a pure historical type of story, which we hadn't had in some time. And 
it ran what March, uh, well, almost uh, nineteen years ago, March first to the second, nineteen eighty two. That was back when they were doing the two episodes back to back. You know, two one yeah. day after the other. Yeah, and uh, preceding Earthshock, of course, our our namesake. Yes. In terms of the the timeline of the Fifth Doctor's episodes. So the uh, basically the Doctor and the gang arrive there, and this is the first time the Doctor's attire fits right in because they arrive. Yeah. To a they essentially after leaving the train station arrive to a cricket match. Funnily enough, just some bloke rows up in a car and says, "You know, hey, are you are you the Doctor?" He says, "Yes," and. And asks no questions and uh, piles into the car and drags them off. He always to reminds me of Paul Cornell for some reason. That bloke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he looks remarkably like him. Just uh, I don't know, there's just some similarity there in, in, in the face. That well, Paul is a, a huge cricket fan, so could oh. maybe that's and where I heard the he's a Doctor Who fan as well. Is he? Yeah, just a bit of one. Not, <laughs> not massive, but anything anything else. But it, it, the thing that. Um, was interesting as well when you when you get into the sort of special features and so on is filming the the cricket scene when the doctor plays cricket is that he got his uh, he bowled the chap out on his first go which i think is is pretty good to 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 get him bowled out without without really trying or on the first take so uh, it, the doctor's always been quite handy with a cricket ball <laughs> yes yes well, Sarah Sutton plays two roles in this. I don't know. If she, I don't think she got paid twice, but she plays <laughs> Anne as well as Nyssa. Yep. It's a uh, set in that mansion, which is, reminds me so much of classic Doctor Who. It seems like that's the stereotypical location, stately home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Cranley, Cranley Hall. And uh, well, you had mentioned the DVD extras, and they had. Uh, speaking of of that location, they had now and then, which I always love these now and then um, specials. You know, these extras that they put on the DVDs, where they go back today. You know, whenever the DVD was made, and go to the locations that were shot back. You know, when they originally produced the episodes, and see the differences. So yeah. that's included on the DVD. I always love those too. It, it's a lot of fun, and um, I know that there's a whole bunch of people who who enjoy it because you know you can go to Doctor Who locations online and see where they filmed everything, and a lot of people like to go and visit and just you know it's nice to have something on the DVDs that you can compare and contrast to now and then as well. But one day, one day I shall come back. I mean, one day I'll be in the UK and I'll be visiting some of these locations myself. Sure, I'll take you around, mate. Okay, cool. Interestingly, as well about this story, is that um, this is, I think, the first two-parter since 1975 when they did the Sontaran experiment. Um, and each Peter Davidson series subsequent to this has included at least one two-parter. Um, as well as that, th- this whole episode is is obviously the first purely historical serial. There's nothing to mm-hmm. do with science fiction. Yeah. In the serial at all, mm-hmm. um, and that is the first uh, case since the Highlanders, which was way back in what ninety ninety six, yeah, yeah sixty six, sixty seven, which introduced um, Jamie. Indeed, um, and it doesn't revolve around any known historical event, uh, and is just the the sole, the last purely historical story. So it, it's kind of a. Um, 
kind of a, 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 a really sort of landmark yeah. episode in in many different mm-hmm. ways. Um, but having said that, I, I you can tell in the in the DVD extras in the commentary that the the whole cast aren't exactly very fond of it, <laughs> to, to put it mildly. I think they rather sort of they didn't enjoy filming it and they didn't really enjoy the story. At least that's what I got from from the. They had problems with the weather and all kinds of other things. There's other th- there's always some like out, outside things that a crew may like or dislike an episode or a story uh, for reasons outside of anything as fans that we would ever come to understand. Like the food was terrible as somebody got sick or the weather was crappy or any number of things that as a fan we might say, but that story was great. What are you talking about? I I always held the story in high regard regard and and, uh, I I have a, a, a soft spot for it because it was around the time I had just started discovering Doctor Who that, that I came across the story. And just like the fact that you could take this crazy science fiction show where you were just seeing aliens and all kinds of other things and you just tell a simple, quick little story that's a sort of murder mystery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it is, It is to me, you know, we had the, um, the, the whole Agatha, Agatha Christie, Christie yeah. uh, episode way back in when, 2008, with yeah. uh, David Tennant. Um, but this, for me, felt like the first of uh, Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie, uh, epi- a little yeah. touch of what Davison later did with Campion. You know, there's a, there's a certain, I mean, it has more to do with perhaps with the era that the story is taking place yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, and plus getting to show off a little fun like the cricket and stuff like that, but work yeah. brilliantly into the story. Well, for me, I, I take the kind of Simon Cowell, more of a Simon Cowell approach because I think the story is okay and and I I don't think it's as bad as, um, as the cast make out, but I, I just thought that it really dragged for me and I didn't think it was worth a, a two-parter. I thought they could have easily dealt with everything in a, in a one-part series and it, it really felt like it dragged for me particularly with it just feels like there's too many characters in it and adric doesn't do anything except stand outside and and eat eat, <laughs> eat random bits of food and, and occasionally dance with somebody when he's rather unwillingly yeah, that was the, the highlight um, of his his appearance there yeah yeah and i think that it really shows that the sort of three three companion Three companions to an episode really is just wearing out, and they're really struggling to find uh, things for the different characters to do. So it's no surprise that then Adric, you know, leaves in the next story um, because the, there just was too many people there. And I thought it was, it, for me, it was a very curious thing to do to introduce more characters, but not just more characters, but characters played by actresses already in the show <laughs> it, it i didn't i didn't get it i didn't get the whole the whole Anne tolbert character um if you if you could if you replaced that person with nissa it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have made any change to the story other than you have a if, if they if they just said oh you you mm-hmm. bear a striking resemblance to Anne, our daughter who died recently or something in a fire and then just had a picture you could have just done it that way around and not have to have this this whole split screens and that kind of stuff so 
as a story, I think it's okay, but I, I, for me, it just felt like it, it dragged out far too much. Yeah, I, I would say if it was any longer, I'm, I'm thankful that it was only two episodes, even though I do enjoy the, the change and the break and that it's an historical drama and, you know, that was a refreshing change and, um, and, and doing a two-part story is fine, but I did feel that it, if it went on any longer, it just would have been too long. Yeah. And it, it always strikes me that um, people always used to complain. I know this is going to sound quite mad, really, but um, for me, it, it, it echoes a lot of things from the seventh Doctor's era, where the Doctor just shows up and nobody really questions him or his companions as to who they are and where they're from and what, what on earth they're doing there. It's just sort of... And, the, and you kind of see that from the story here a little bit. But really, I mean, just a whole bunch of people, a whole group of people at a party just accepting that there's this doctor and a whole bunch of people not asking for any form of credentials or anything um, yeah he didn't even have psycho paper back then yeah exactly <laughs> and may i present the doctor how do you do how do you do doctor who yeah i'm sorry mother but he'd like to remain incognito and uh, i think we should respect that after what he's done today of course first rate sir sir robert Muir, the chief constable how do you do a superb innings worthy of the master a master? Well, the other doctor. W.G. Grace. Yes, of course. <laughs> Are you able to stay for the ball, doctor? Yes, you must. I insist. Now, all of you. Thank you. We have one every year in aid of the hospital for sick children. It's fancy dress, isn't it? Yes. Well, we haven't got any costumes. I was just thinking how charming yours was. Our costumes are no problem. We keep a selection for last-minute guests. I'm sure we can fix you up. Well, doctor. How would you like to take a cocktail to your bath? Well, certainly a cold drink. What do you do with a cocktail in a bath? Drink it, oh my. I don't know. It's it for me. It's an okay story, but and there's a lot of fun fun elements to it. But I think they could have just whittled it down and and made it into a one parter. I think this this really was the sort of let's see how how far we can stretch it out, stretch the budget out um, for for a couple of episodes. Yeah, I wasn't the the passion wasn't there. I just wasn't feeling anything for for any of the characters and the you know the elder son George and who's deformed and a social outcast, but it's a snappy dresser and. <laughs> <laughs> but having said that, I can see what, why Ken likes it. I mean, there is a lot to like with the costumes well, and. It, along with with thinking that it's a, a an interesting diversion from the science fiction stories that. Uh, come before and after it it's just nice to see uh, this harkens back for me to the things that I enjoy about the black and white era and that there's just a time for there just to be some some characterizations going on we we learn a little bit about Tegan in the story we learn that Adric can't stop feeding his face and um, <laughs> and the doctor likes a, a glass of lemonade. So there's a, those are just little tiny drops of things that are in there that are just so much fun. Um, I don't know. It's it's just a story I have a like I said a fondness for. And I think that although you thought it was too long, I think it was exactly what it needed to be: two parts and in between a whole bunch of four parters and and some pretty heavy duty episodes. Uh, well heavy-duty story coming up right after it with with the death of Adric. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, now you spoiled it. Yeah. You've ruined it for everybody. <laughs> I haven't cried this and much since Adric, Adric died. In this episode, you don't really care that he buys the farm. Well, that's right. But, you're like, you know, geez, he's just, all he wants to do is, he's an intergalactic 
food taster. <laughs> yes. Uh, who happens to be quite good at maths. But well, he hasn't eaten in a while. They all hadn't eaten in a while. <laughs> you never you really see them was? eat. <laughs> you think the first thing the guy would say is, hey, you got anything I could wear? <laughs> for the last season. Yeah, seriously. Well, I they, mean, they all did. Uh, they had a chance to put on a fancy dress for this uh, party that they were doing. Yeah, I think it was. It's a nice little diversion, but I think it for yeah. me it doesn't really feel like Doctor Who. It feels, it feels more like um, Midsummer Murders that just spirals out a little bit too long. Um, and I just had no. I just didn't have a clue why Adric was even there. You know, what's the point? <laughs> I've been saying that since day one. Well, exactly. I mean, it, for me, I, I didn't shed a tear in Earthshot when Adric died, and I didn't even care that Adric was in this episode. Um, and that's a shame because, really, he, in in a lot of earlier stories, he was quite an interesting character. Um, and it's a shame that at the end of his run, he's just stood outside eating sandwiches for. For his penultimate episode. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you guys are ganging up on Adric, but then it's the same thing with Tegan. Tegan really didn't have much to do in this episode either. Oh, no, I thought Tegan was fantastic in this episode. I think we learned a little bit about her. There's a little light flirting going on. She does a little dancing. Um, she stands up for the doctor at one point and 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 thinks that they're being rude. She's she's the other than the doctor. She's the only adult out of the. The, yeah. the crew. So here's this girl who's the twin, and here's this kid who's just having a Annoying. sandwich the whole episode. She <laughs> stands up for herself. Yes, I think I think Tegan of all of all the Doctor's companions stands out in this episode because Nissa is kind of still in in the background, and I think they did that purposefully so that they could make Anne's character stick out. Um, and and I think they just sat down at a meeting and said, okay. We want a cliffhanger. It's going to be a two-parter. What can we have? I know. Let's have uh, Anne being attempted to be killed by somebody. Um, and, oh, let's make Anne the double of Nyssa just to, to spice things up a little bit and stretch it out. Mm. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't have any... I didn't care that Nyssa was about to... Or Anne was about to be killed and the whole confusion about it would be yeah. with Nyssa. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that, again, is a shame. Because I felt like they they'd invested a lot of time for for characterization, but it, it ultimately it's just never really realised. You know, you get nice little tidbits here and then, but I'm just like, come on, guys, get on with the story. What you know, that's that's just it for me. Is that the whole way through? I'm thinking, come on, get on with the story. And in Earthshock, the whole time you just just to contrast it. I mean, I know we keep going back to talking about it, but I can't help it because it is the penultimate episode before Earthshock. Mm. Um, in Earthshock, I'm gripped all the way through. Yeah, you're more on the edge of your seat, where here, this is, you're pretty much lounging back and just yeah. watching it. Yeah, sipping but, a nice G&T in the sun. But sometimes you have to take it down a step in order for that hammer punch to work in the next episode, and that's where True. this episode fits in perfectly. True. Just as a, a comment about the DVD, to what, to the DVD though, one of the things that I, I, I like is that uh, this was one of those reasonably priced Discs. It's like ten dollars sure. in the United States for for a single disc. It still features extras. It's they don't yeah, skimp has, on this. This it has deleted scenes as well, in addition to those extras that we were talking about before. Yeah, his neck's broken. By the look of him, it couldn't have happened in a fall. What's that? 
Anne was wearing this. Or the other one. No, no, that was the other one out there on the terrace. Something's happened to Anne. I'll telephone the station. Not an accident. I'm afraid it's a little more serious than that, Doctor. That's him. That's who attacked me. It's me. Yes, you. And he did that. I saw him. Doctor? I'm afraid Miss Talbot is mistaken. I've just this minute come down the stairs. I am not mistaken. He danced with me and then pulled me in here. I shouted for help. James came and he killed him. I say, look here. Sir Robert, arrest that man. He killed James. I saw him. Lady Cranley, please. Charles, shouldn't you? No, Madge. Wait until the sergeant gets you. But our guest. I suggest, Charles, that you call it a day. Tell your guest there's been an accident and ask him to go home. What about him? I'll deal with this. Right, uh... Now, Anne. This man attacked me and then killed James. Oh, no. No, no. no. You did! He did. He danced with me on the terrace, brought me in here, and then Miss he... Talbot is quite mistaken. I have just come down these stairs. Before that, I... I... Wait a minute. Was I like this? Yes. Well, that's it, then. What is it? A completely logical explanation, a duplication of fancy dress. Someone else must be wearing an identical costume. No. But, my dear... No. Now, be reasonable. I am being reasonable. What about your own costume? And there are two of those. My little joke, Sir Robert. I was in charge of the costumes. There was only one Harlequin. That one. Doctor? And only one murderer. Lady Cranley, I agreed to keep it from your guests, but I have the distinct feeling I'm in rather hot water. Miss Talbot. Yes? Why? Why what? Why would I attack you? Have you done me any harm? No. No, then I've no reason to harm you. And besides... Besides what? Well, it wouldn't be cricket. Robert. I respect the sentiment, sir, but I have known Miss Talbot all her life. And she has laid a complaint. <clears throat> Made an accusation. There's more to this than meets the eye. Is this the reason that you wish to remain incognito? No, of course not. What is your name? That's a very difficult question. Have you any means of identification? No, I've never needed any. Fortunate man. Just exactly who are you and what are you doing here? I'm afraid if I told you, you wouldn't believe me. I am the chief constable of this county and you, sir, are under suspicion of murder. I'm a time lord. A what? I told you. Try again. I, I travel in time and space. I have a time machine. You've read H.G. Wells? I know of him, of course, yes. He writes fiction. Lady Cranley, please help me. How can Lady Cranley help you? There's something terribly wrong here. Lady Cranley knows I showed her another dead body. What? Madge. I'm afraid, like Mr. Wells, the doctor has a vivid imagination. I showed you a body in a cupboard up there. You and the Indian. Indian? An Indian with a lip. That's... I give up. Perhaps you'd show me. Willingly, this way. Well, I, I didn't hate it. I just didn't love it. It's just one of those episodes uh, I remember, you know, watching back when, during the PBS days, where it's sort of like, oh, okay, it's this one. And then you sort of, you know, take a, you know, a breather or whatever and uh, you wait for the next one. But it's not, it was never, never one that was my favorite. I didn't hate it, but it just was just there, you know. So I, I think... Two parts is fine, but if it was any longer than that, I think it would suffer, you know, it would just be too long. All right, we're going to give it some TARDIS groans. I'm giving it, mine's right down in the middle. I'm giving it two and a half TARDIS groans out of five. I'm going to give it 
the same rating actually, two and a half TARDIS groans out of five, because I think it it had potential, um, and I think I would be a lot more fond of it had it just been been a one-parter. For me, it, it felt like they just they just put it into two because they felt like they wanted to have and the Anne's, uh, almost dying or, or in in peril as the cliffhanger, and that's the sole reason why it's a two-parter. I think they could have easily have uh, have made it a lot tighter and and had me more on the edge of my seat if it had been a shorter episode or you know just one part. If I was to be detached and unemotional about it, for me, it's a three and a half Tardis groans. Throw in uh, some warm fond memories, and it goes up to four. And I'll give you some reasons why uh, quickly. The scenery is fantastic. The the little touches of characterization are fun. And for no other reason, you get to see Peter Davison th- uh, pitching a, a cricket ball and, and playing and just having a good time. And we get to see the TARDIS crew a little bit out of its element. Uh, throw in a train and you've and you've really won me over. Throw in a train. I like that. <laughs> and then the DVD reasonably priced, and that's a win uh, on all a win-win fronts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And on, on a technical note, there on one of the extras, they show how they cleaned up the video from the original to the restored version on the DVD, and it's really interesting to see the comparison. How the you know, they really cleaned it up, and it's interesting to watch that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, cool. right. and and, the, and audio commentaries and and, and whatnot. There, there's a bunch of things in there that are yeah. Peter Davison's great. In, in this, uh, and very funny. Yeah. You know, the, the the commentaries in this. I mean, they're, they're really they're really raking it uh, over the the coals. <laughs> yeah, I think it is fun to listen back to that. That's, that for me was the highlight um, of the of the of the the special features. So definitely worth checking out, and um, you know, grab it when you can, if you haven't already. <laughs> we recently released doctor who pachak episode 241 extra edition featuring our extended full-length interview with john leeson most notably known as the voice of k9 for doctor who fans but he also has a long list of credits outside of the tin dog you can hear the whole extended interview in Doctor Who Pachak episode 241 right now. If you are a Pachak supporting subscriber, that episode is now in your personalized subscriber feed. We plan on bringing you part of that interview in another upcoming episode. This episode of Doctor Who Pachak is made possible in part by ongoing support from Doctor Who Pachak supporting subscribers. The episode before last was our show recorded live on stage at Gallifrey One this year. The only way we can bring you live shows from Gallifrey One and New York Comic Con and others is through your support. If you enjoy Doctor Who Podshock and you would like us to continue, now more than ever, please consider becoming a supporting subscriber. For a low monthly subscription fee as a show of support, not only will you be helping us continue and grow the show, but you'll get extra content as well. Plus other ways of showing our appreciation, including occasional giveaways to random supporting subscribers, discounts to special events, and more. To become a Podchuck supporting subscriber, simply go to podchuck.net or arttrap.com and click on the top supporting subscriber banner. 
If you are already a Pachak supporting subscriber, a big thank you for your continued support as always. And we're back with Doctor Who Podshock. And finally, it's been a long time coming, but we're getting around to some feedback in this episode. Um, so these emails have dated way back to December of last year. But because I guess we've taken some time for us all to get together in the studio and record, we've wanted to just hold off on them for a little while. So... Jason, back on the 28th of December, wrote to us and said, In the Christmas podcast, you were talking about the president's desk not being the real one. But if you look just before that, seeing into the trailer as the guards are coming into the room, you'll see what looks like Hitler's picture on the wall. I get the feeling that maybe Hitler won the war in this episode. Mm. Or, or... uh there's some kind of confusion going on in with these aliens trying to trick the doctor into thinking he's in the White House. Yeah. But their it, history is a little sketchy. Indeed. As Sorry. we're seeing as we're seeing from the from the prequel, as it were, it you know, even it seems that even Richard Nixon isn't aware of these aliens or their influence um in the White House. So Clearly, something something weird is going on, um, and I guess we'll have to to watch the episode to see see what it's all about. I guess. I don't three, know if you have any weeks. thoughts, Lewis. Well, Dead to the world, <laughs> <laughs> crickets. <laughs> uh, I was I'm sorry, talking... Lewis. Were you doing something important? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was trying to get the next piece of feedback queued up. Podcast over here. <laughs> well, I don't want to give too much away. We can speculate on on the episode, but uh, we see more of the we see more of it in that prequel episode of the Oval Office, and I don't know. Nixon is there, so <laughs> he could be the villain. He could be the alien, for all we know. <laughs> all in his mind. Lovely. Right, moving on then. Steve says, guys, or Lewis, I've decided to no longer download Podshock. And, loath as I am to write negative emails, I think you should know why. Primarily, I hate to say, it's Lewis. I know it's his, <laughs> your, baby, and that you have every right to say and do what you will. And it's my choice to listen or not. But for someone who goes on and on about how the Gallifreyan Embassy has been around for 25 years, you're terribly ignorant of Doctor Who. Look, I can take self-important Americans sounding on a British television programme because some of the submitted opinions are quite informed, and I can handle one's giggling at one's own awful jokes. That's part of who you are, and that's cool. I think that there are other people involved in making the show, and that's very generous of you, and it's the only reason I've stayed listening for so long. But your lack of expertise is driving me crazy. It is quite evident from regular mispronunciations of actors' names and and prominent ones, Michael Gamboon, I mean seriously, and characters to being frequently ignorant of plot lines and historical aspects of the series. Setting up 
sitting up front on a broadcast programme that presumes authority means you should be conversant with your subject. When listening, when someone listening in feels like throwing a brick at their computer, then hey, <laughs> hey, one knows there's something seriously wrong. Anyway, I'm using my option of switching off. No offence intended, but I thought you ought to know why. Good luck, Steve. Well, Steve, you're obviously not listening to us anymore. <laughs> so I kind of feel like, why have we read out your feedback? But we, we like to take criticism on board, constructive or not. And I guess everybody, everybody has a different style to podcasting. Well, well, first of all, I, I never, ever claim to be an expert on Doctor Who. It's, it's, I'm a fan of Doctor Who. I'm a longtime fan of Doctor Who, but I'm not, I don't, I never, ever fancied myself an expert. And, um, and neither, I, I, even to this day, I don't. I mean, it's all about the adventure of exploring it and, and learning it. I don't, I, I have other interests as well. So it's, there, there are those that do know, you know, everything backwards and forwards. And that's fine too. There are people that, can tell you episode Just lengths. Just Toby Hayduck. They can tell you yep. the the codes of you know episode titles and uh, you know when they were made, when they were filmed, when they were shot, and all that. I'm not that type of fan, and I don't claim to be one. So it's um, you know I'm sorry you feel that way, but we're all exploring this series together. You know, us and the audience. There are new people that are joining right now that haven't seen all the episodes and even those that have don't necessarily mean you have to know them backwards and forwards and i never claimed that i do quite but the exciting news though is that going forward lewis uh, and james and i are going to have a character that only lewis can see and what he'll be talking to lewis on the side and james this will create a lot of comic relief and james and i will be like who is lewis talking to <laughs> so occasionally lewis will be like what no no, I, I, no, I, and and there'll just be some fun and humor behind that. No, but uh, cr criticism <laughs> is is always welcome, in particular if it's if it's if it's constructive. And the man Quite. gave uh, some thoughtful things. He could have easily just written an email that said, "You guys suck," which we yes. do get, and that's we fun. do get, yeah. Hey, and as far as mispronunciations of names, well, my last name is Trapani. <laughs> I've heard it every which way. I don't get offended. And there are actors out there that I don't know every actor, especially in Britain. I'm not going to get everyone's name correct. It's simple as that. So moving on to a little bit more criticism. Is that guy from then. Welland, Ontario, do you think? <laughs> who knows? Who can say? He won't email us back to let us uh, know So, because he's not listening anymore. But there we okay. are. So right. Let's, what's the next one? <laughs> Captain Zaphod says, hello, I love this site and the podcasts. They're highly informative. Thing is, they're actually too long. It's hard finding the time Wait, to listen to in one out. sitting. We've fought this battle already. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on. Uh, anyway, he goes on to say that they could be downloaded in, say, two-part episodes. Oh, Thank okay. you very much, Zed. We're not going to... We. The fact is... We've addressed this in 2006. We addressed this in... in I think the second yeah. episode no, when we realized it's be long. There's just it's, no, there's no yeah. changing it at this point. You it's who we are. To, you to cannot it. teach old mechanical dogs new tricks. <laughs> Quite well, right. We are tin dogs, and we're not going to learn new tricks. So there we go. 
Yeah, but I'd like to know what the definition of too long is. I mean, we have episodes that are 45 minutes long. We have episodes that are an hour and 45 minutes long. And then we have... with the three of us, we don't have any 45-minute episodes. (laughs) I won't have any of that. Forty-five hour episodes, maybe. (laughs) Doctor Who Pachak episode two thirty-eight was forty-eight minutes long, and that's well. Then again, uh, you weren't on that one, Ken. (laughs) (laughs) He's just proving a point, I'm afraid, old chap. We like we like we like it long. But the beauty of podcasts is that you don't have to listen to it from the very beginning to the very end in one sitting. You can stop and pick it up later as you go along so you can pretend it's two episodes and just stop halfway through it and then pick it up later when when the time best suits you mm. i mean there are podcasts that i listen to that that are three hours long and i don't listen to it in one setting i listen to piecemeal i'll listen maybe 10 minutes at a time or 15 minutes at a time whatever it takes you know driving maybe i'll be listening to it and then eventually i'll get through it and it's no no big deal for me um you know, I, the only time time plays a factor for me is, well, editing it. I prefer shorter episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Takes its time. Anyway, okay, moving on. Hi, yeah. Ken. This is specifically directed to you, Ken, actually. Me? Yeah, you. Okay. Um, I just wanted to drop you a note after hearing you on the DWPA feed from Chicago TARDIS saying that most people listen to Podchock while commuting. My commute to work is about 17 minutes each way. Not a great fit for Podshock. Uh, my eight-year-old son has autism. We like to spend time exploring local parks. It's usually just the two of us, and he's non-verbal. I keep, on my eyes, uh, I keep my eyes on him to keep him safe. Audio podcasts are the best way for me to keep my sanity on these outings. So thanks for keeping me company and making it easier to be out in nature with him. Without you and some of my favourite other podcasts... Ross would have had to spend a lot more of his evening and weekend hours stuck in the house. Cheers, mate. Jeff. And that's Jeff from Michigan. So there you go. Somebody else who appreciates this slightly longer podcast. Why do I always get the emotional ones? (laughs) Because you're the emotional guy. I'm making it sound like like a bad thing, but people always tell me nice stories. And then, of course, what happens is I get all choked up. and, um, And that's the end of the podcast. (laughs) those are the those are the kind of things like you know that's kind of what keeps us going is that you know you 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 reach out to people's lives and you meet people be it at gallifrey or chicago tartars or things like that um and and there's connections made amongst fans and, and amongst uh people that perhaps in the old days in the olden days in the newsletter days or something like that you never would have heard from or made contact with so that's my personal reason for doing this yeah i think it is it is very humbling to me and i guess lewis as well and, and you can to, and, to and, and, get and a lovely message that i i pictured at that moment being in a park you know like yeah for for a brief second i was picturing that and being there alongside him and yeah and, and cool you know um it's a it's it's a it's a brand new challenge but i i Makes me think of one thing though that that just happened recently. This this boy, I think he's twelve, that's challenging Einstein's theory of relativity, and he's he's partially autistic. Or he has a, a, a um, probably Asperger's. Or uh, Asperger's, and and here he is. Um, we as in, in our plane of existence, we look at it as there's communication difficulties or all the things that are surrounding this, but inside of them is this brilliance bubbling up, and 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 
trying to escape and we're seeing these things that it was so amazing to read that this boy at such a young age is is presenting ideas and theories that are challenging people who have gone to school for years mm. it's fantastic it's another level there's something going on here i don't know what it is it it's just it could really be the next level in the human condition Okie dokie. So, moving on then. Next next email is from Jared, and he says, Help! I can't download recent Podshock episodes to my iPhone anymore. They're too damn long! Yes. No. I get a message. This file cannot be played. Anyone else having this problem? Cheers, Jared. So I guess Lewis is the best qualified <laughs> yeah, I person. Say, I suspect it's Lewis, but we'll answer this next question. Yes. Well, since I'm not a uh, a diehard fan, I have no no. <laughs> <laughs> what what's happening? It's if this is a technical problem. Since um, iOS, he's talking about downloading episodes on his uh, on his iPhone, and what happens is um, what happened is that with iOS four, which is the operating system for the iPhone, since that's released, there seems to be a bug in it which incorrectly tells the when when you try to download the episode from iTunes within the iPhone not the desktop application but from within the iPhone itself and you want to download the next episode it erroneously says this file cannot be played on your device this is obviously wrong because it can be played on your device and if you downloaded it on the desktop version of iTunes you would have no problem but for some reason there's a bug in iOS 4 that um, still has not been addressed and so to um I was waiting, I was hoping that Apple would somehow patch this or realize this and somehow correct this, but to this day, even with the latest updates, it's still, they haven't. So when I think um, 4.3 was, uh, came out a few weeks ago, I decided, well, enough is enough. I can't be waiting for Apple to change this. What So what I have done we, behind the scenes, the last few episodes, um, well, before leading up to the last few episodes i was experimenting with different encoding methods to see if we can find a way to encode our episodes so that itunes will um, recognize that it could be played on the device so uh long story short is which may be too long maybe too late now is that it's too long (laughs) (laughs) i i've i've given up on uh the editing software suite that i was using and and gone back to something that we were using a a couple years ago a few years ago and uh essentially this has kind of solved the problem though it does make editing the episodes a little bit more cumbersome but just to uh to get around this problem and so that listeners can download it directly on their iphone or ipad pod touch and our, our ipad um you know to get around that where the last few episodes you can now download it without getting that erroneous message and hopefully apple will fix the problem but we you know nothing that we did changed it was just all of a sudden when ios 4 came out which um when that change happened then people were erroneously getting this message so gerard uh jared you're not alone good good stuff Right then. But the problem has been resolved. We, we've gotten, um, you, you can be able to download it now directly from your, your iPhone. Fingers crossed, yeah. fingers crossed. Dear Podshock, hello. I was flipping through my copy of The Television Companion and they counted the pilot episode of Doctor Who in their listing. My question to all of you at Podshock is this. Is the pilot episode of an unearthly child canon? Thanks, the Valyard fan. Good question. I Guys, say yes. 
I say yes. I say yes as well. Well, the, the pilot episode doesn't vary too much from the actual episode one of Unearthly Child. I mean, as far as story-wise yeah. goes, it's essentially the same. There are some slight differences, but... Yeah, the, the main mention is that um, they're from the 49th century, I think, is what they said, which, okay, fine. Now, how does that... that uh, Susan saying they're from the 49th century is no... Worse than the Paul McGann saying he's half human. I mean, I have a harder time with that than I do with our telling. Well, it, maybe it's the 49th century of Gallifrey, or maybe it's uh, in their timeline. It's the 49th century on Earth. Doesn't mean that they're from the 49th century Earth. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's they're from the 49th century uh, time-wise, but not location-wise, not Earth-wise. Yeah, it's difficult to know, but I mean. I think the the point of it is is that the basics of the story are there, and um, I think it's kind of it's really cool to to watch it and see because th- this was at a time um, when Sydney, I guess, was was playing around with a little bit of it, and and some of the executives at the Beeb took a few just a tiny had a few tiny little issues. So after the the, the pilot, they uh, they tried to iron those problems out, and the end result is the unearthly child. Um, but I think I think it's really cool as a Doctor Who fan to to watch it and and see see what's different about it from what you what you might classically consider to be canon. Uh, that's just me, anyway. Right then, final email I guess uh, from Lorna, who says hi. After hearing the feedback from one of your listeners about attitudes to women in Doctor Who fandom, I felt I should register to add some of my own comments. I'm very new to the idea of podcasts and have only recently started to explore what's available for Doctor Who. Without hearing the broadcast that caused her to complain, I have to say that so far I've not found anything offensive or biased about your presentations. Certainly not in comparison with another well-known podcast trio who seem to be cultural dinosaurs whose sole reaction to any women is whether she's cute or not. Maybe the subject's been done to death by now, but I just wanted to say don't get paranoid or take the criticism too much to heart. To me, you come across as friendly and fair-minded, and so while I've given up on the North American dinosaurs, I'm still listening to you guys. <laughs> Thanks, best wishes, Lorna. Now, I don't know who Lorna's talking about. I can't imagine who on earth she is, but I have to say it's just nice to hear that um, that you take a contrasting attitude and that you think that we are we're doing well. So that's mm. good enough for me. Mm. Thanks. And I think. Other than that, we have a piece of audio for you. Actually, we're going to have to skip the audio because when I updated, I realized when I updated Skype, the it did actually change some of the audio settings because you weren't hearing when I played the trailer earlier in this episode. Uh, you guys okay. weren't hearing it. So. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll oh, leave so the audio till next all time. About. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave the audio to next time and, and, and we'll I just finish was... with a, a comment from the website, which is from our good old mate, Mike Durin. Our Canadian who, correspondent. Our Canadian correspondent, indeed, who says, uh, this is in just in the subject line, it says, read Daleks every year. Yeah, this was a, a thread on our website about the Daleks reappearing in every se- series of Doctor Who, and the, the, he addresses that in this. Yeah, he says, I believe it may be the case that the contract that currently allows for the inclusion of the Daleks in Doctor Who requires that they make an appearance every season. Um, now I think that sounds fairly reasonable because um, I know that they did have Cha-ching. Uh, 
Yes, Cha-ching, <laughs> uh, in terms of Terra Nation's estate, but I also know that they had huge problems, I think, the Beeb, trying to get rights to the Daleks when the series came back. And it, this may well be one of the concessions that they mm -hmm. had to, to make in order to, to ensure that the Daleks were included in Doctor Who. And as a Doctor Who fan, I have to say that I am, yes, I am a, a little bit tired of seeing the Daleks appear so much in Doctor Who, but I would r kind of rather that they would appear too much rather than not at all. So if that's what the, if that's the concession that they had to, to make to get Daleks in Doctor Who, so be it. I don't know what you guys think, but well, it would explain why that you know they were included in Waters of Mars, you know, just to get them in that that year. <laughs> it, it it makes sense. It could be very could very well be you know that's the situation. Yeah, and I love the Daleks, but I think well, there can I, be too much of yeah. a good thing. I mean, I always said that you know it's great to have them, but we just don't need them every single year. We can go a few years without them. That makes their return that much more impressive and powerful, and make you know makes a bigger impact but maybe especially this is... that they were they were really featured in some of russell's most famous season enders so now it's you've got to give them a few uh what i think they did very well with uh with this year's episode was they gave them a slightly smaller role and and they didn't try to make it this gigantic universe ending situation they were they were involved with World War Two, and they were doing their thing, and then they made a quick appearance in the season finale, and there they are. Daleks, bad, got it. But it wasn't um, this case where the universe was collapsing and it was the Daleks' fault. Mm. All right, well, there we have it. We'll, we'll see. Um, is there a Dalek story this series, do we know, so far? Um, Upcoming? I don't know. It doesn't... It doesn't uh appear so from the episode titles and if the Daleks do appear they are um, they're well Closely hidden. guarded secrets? Yeah it could well be that they're appearing in the latter half of uh, Well Stephen Moffat hinted that if when the Daleks do appear it won't be they'll there'll be more than one t kind of Dalek so giving um, you know hint that it's not just going to be the Skittles you know Daleks it will be um... <laughs> the Skittles <laughs> it's a good name for them <laughs> So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe in the second half of the new series we'll see them, perhaps. I don't know. It's pure speculation. Quite possibly. Who can say? And if not, you can write me and say how awful I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything. You're terrible. What are you talking about, this? I must study Doctor Who. I must study Doctor Who. <laughs> With that said, I guess that brings another episode to under wraps and uh, check out our website as ever at podshock.net if you want to send us uh, some emails or feedback you can get us at female uh, female? <laughs> get us at female <laughs> we know where your mind's at wow <laughs> if only if only um, you can get us at feedback James really took that other email to heart by the way I did clearly and you, talk about Freudian <laughs> as always you can call us you at can the, send us females at <laughs> you can call us both male and female can call us at 206 984 3543. Again, that's 206 984 3543. And this is a new public 
Callbox phone number. So don't call us at our old one because we won't get it anymore. Again, the new number is 206-984-3543. And remember, that's a 206 area code in the Washington State area of the U.S. So we don't charge you anything for the call, but your carrier may. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, yours. So it's good to have us all back together, the whole gang, three amigos together again. It's like uh, the band getting back together again. I know. We'd done our solo acts, and here we are back again, too. Well, James, you were sorely missed out in Los Angeles this year. I know. I was gutted not to be there, mate, and um, I'm going to have to sort of... And I don't know what kind of excuse getting married is. It just does not fly. It's lame, isn't it? I'm I'm sure there were were swathes of people saying, no, it's just not good enough. They could have got married here at Galley. Hey, I was saying that. It's happened before. (laughs) It's happened twice before. I think think that... If I tried to do that, then my wife probably would have gone through with it, but it would have promptly been followed by divorce. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey-ho, there we are. But uh, there's always next year. There's always next year. All and right. it certainly looks like an amazing lineup. So, And that's only um, the beginning. So you're saying you're going to be married next year at Gallifrey? <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could have a, an American ceremony. All right. Renew your vows on the first anniversary. Indeed, why not? <laughs> I really don't think that's going to happen. But <laughs> we can live in hope, can't we? <laughs> a quick programming note. The new series of Doctor Who begins on the 23rd of April. As you may recall, we usually have our live review shows of that episode the following Sunday. The following Sunday after the 23rd is a holiday, so therefore our next live review show will be Sunday, the 1st of May. It may or may not be on TalkShoe. We normally had it in the past on TalkShoe, but we may be looking for other options. So stay tuned to our website for further details on the exact time and where and how we're doing the live show review of which we may we may be reviewing the first few episodes of Doctor Who because of the holiday and by the way the following Sunday is another holiday so <laughs> anyway we'll work it out our website as always is podshock.net or gallifreyembassy.org and you can find details about it there soon all right well until next time then everyone cheers 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 you have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented by the fanrun Gallifreyembassy.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and is presented to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible in part by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode is also supported by the Podshock Podcast companion app for iOS devices, now available in the iTunes App Store. There seems to be something distinctly wrong. I can feel it.